Heavenly Father, uh, you are the faithful one. You are the peace speaker. And Lord, there, there's just nothing like being in a relationship with you. You've done so much for us. And I just thank you for that, Lord. And uh, Lord, I pray for Nate now as he uh, comes to uh, speak to us. And you've just laid a message on his heart. And uh, you've been working in his life and through his life. And Lord, I just ask that the, this morning's message would be both an encouragement and a challenge to us. Uh, that we would be... Uh, just ever more faithful to you, and that we would be more in love with you, and uh, Lord, that we would just have a desire to serve you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Good morning, everyone. I uh, f- first things first. I before um, well, spiritual food should come before regular food, but I also want to talk about some regular food this morning. The <laughs> The past times I've spoken in the evening, I've told you guys about um, free an app that gives you free food and gives you rewards. But you guys are the morning congregation, and most morning people don't come to the evening service. So I want to let you guys in on the secret. Um, the Chick-fil-A app, anybody familiar with that app? A couple people. For those of you who aren't, you need to get it, because you get free food when you get the Chick-fil-A app. What happens is, is you sign up, you get the app, and they just start sending you free stuff whenever you scan the app. So, uh, like, the past two months, I've started using the app more and more because I've realized the more I use the app, the more I get free food. <laughs> and so, I'm, I'm in Chick-fil-A, like, a couple days a week now, because I'm, and I'm not paying a dime because they're just sending me more and more free stuff. So, I would encourage you to do the same. Even if you're not college students on a budget, it's, it's still a great thing. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, Anyway, so this morning, I, I want to share what the Lord has been doing in my life, really the past couple months, something he's been showing me, trying to communicate to me, and what I've been learning through that. But, but before we do that, I want to, um, let's go to our passage of scripture this morning. It's going to be 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 through 21. And as I was preparing for this message, the Lord just gave me this passage as well, and I was like, Wow. This complements what you've been, God has been showing me and really confirms and expounds on it further. Um, to give a little bit of context, since we're kind of jumping into the middle of a chapter, in this letter to the Corinthians, uh, Paul in chapter 4, he's talking about the light of the gospel and how we are like jars of clay and the, that light is within us to show that the surpassing power of the gospel is from God and not from us. And even though we are like jars of clay where our bodies are, our earthly bodies are wasting away and they're temporary, we're looking forward to an eternal dwelling, uh, a heavenly dwelling, a heavenly body. And while we await, we live for the Lord. And so part of living for the Lord is the um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 14 through 21 is talking about the ministry of New Testament believers. So let's read these verses together. For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died, and he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. 
and God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So uh, three kind of simple things to pull from this passage that I want to focus on this morning as I'm just sharing what the Lord's been showing me and as we look at the passage. The first thing is the beautiful simplicity of the gospel, that for our sake, Christ became sin so that we can become right with God. And that's amazing. So in light of that truth, as believers, we no longer live for ourselves. Instead, we live for Christ. And as we're living for Christ, we are ambassadors on his behalf. And the, the word ambassador is, it's a word that I'm familiar with, but I feel is a little vague. And some thought for thought translations uh, might even use the word representative here. And I think that word is one we can all relate to. Um, so we are representatives on Christ's behalf bringing the message of reconciliation. Now, I don't know about you, but I didn't know what the word reconciliation meant, so I looked it up. And uh, Charles Ryrie defines it this way. It is, reconciliation is a change of relationship from hostility to harmony and peace between two parties. So being reconciled to God is changing our relationship of hostility with God because of sin to a relationship of harmony and peace with God. And we are messengers of of reconciliation. So has anybody ever been guilty of um, casting judgment in a situation where you're just as guilty as the one you're casting judgment on? Okay, first service there was one hand, second service only one hand again. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Either we have a bunch of really holy people or a bunch of liars in here. <clears throat> so anyway, recently I've been... Um, I've been thinking of, of the church as a whole and its, its position as uh, local bar- parts of the body of Christ, like House of Prayer, First Baptist, United Methodist, so on and so forth, have a, have a job to do and part of the job is reaching their community. And so the Lord has been showing me some different things about the church and its job and position as, uh, reaching in reaching the community. The Lord is really showing me about what I need to do as a part of the church. So let me write down, in January, I wrote this down, um, and I want to read to you what I wrote. At my church, House of Prayer, we do an amazing job of sending and supporting missionaries globally. So we fulfill that part of our purpose as a church. But I wonder, as a church, no, let's make this more personal. I wonder if I, myself, Nate, am fulfilling my purpose of going into the community and making disciples there. So I started out with this mindset of, okay, like, is the church doing this? But I'm part of the church, so am I doing this? We're going out into the community and sharing Christ with people, making disciples. But I, I have a tendency, and I think probably many in here do, to kind of, if I have a weighty responsibility to try and shift it onto somebody else's shoulders. So I was, started out with this correct mindset, but then I started thinking, I didn't change what I was doing and started thinking, man, the church needs to do a better job of reaching the community. So I shifted this responsibility the Lord had laid on my heart and started in my mind saying, okay, the church needs to do a better job of this, and I hadn't changed anything. So finally, a couple weeks ago, I guess the Lord, um, he was continuing to show me these things, but I guess he got weary of my thinking of the church's responsibility and finally just said, uh, impressed on me, Nate, how can you say the church needs to do a better job of reaching the community when you don't know the spiritual condition of people that live 30 seconds down the street from you? 
I was like, ouch. <laughs> Talk about uh, trying to pull the speck out of your brother's eye when there's a plank in your own. And I had fallen into this sort of uh, mindset or this perspective of what I'll call comfortable Christianity or maybe compartmentalized Christianity where I have this, um, I'm happy to serve the Lord, send people overseas, support the ministries of the church, intern at the church, volunteer at the camps. If you can create a list, I'll check the boxes for you. But when it was all said and done, I, I had this subconscious mindset of, okay, I've read my Bible, spent time in prayer, I did my ministry at the internship, now the rest of the day is kind of mine to do as I please. Like, I can play Fortnite or um, just do whatever. Fortnite is taking the world by storm, it's a really popular video game and it's free, so it's great. Um, anyway, so my mindset is after doing these things, subconsciously I'm thinking after doing these things, my daily debt is paid, I can spend my time as I wish. And this is a, that's a dangerous, like, kind of weird legalistic mindset of, okay, I've checked off these boxes for God, he died for me, uh, I've done these things for him, now I can do what I want. And there's nothing wrong with doing what we consider fun things, playing video games, uh, cheering on the Georgia Bulldogs. As long as it's not sin or cheering on Georgia Tech or the Florida Gators, it can be done to the glory of God. A lot of clapping, that was good. Um, so when the Holy Spirit convicts, uh, convicted me, can, and uh, anybody can speak from experience here, it's like, wow, like, Lord, forgive me, and I need to make a change. Repentance, right? Um, running to him, asking for help, and ready to do something about it. So what I was realizing is, we are always ambassadors. I am always an ambassador, always representing something. It should always be Christ. It's unfortunately not always Christ, but it should always be Christ. Whether I'm at work, school, a sporting event, at home, in a restaurant, the grocery store, you name it, wherever I could be, I am a representative of something and it should be Christ. But more than that, um, you see, it's, it's easy to think an ambassador in another country, let's say they go to represent another country, they have a message to bring. They don't just share the message or represent their, their host country uh, whenever someone comes up to them and says, hey, so what do you represent? What are you an ambassador for? No, an ambassador actually makes intentional effort to represent their country well. They want to communicate the message that they have to bring and represent their country well. So that takes a little bit of a step further. And that begs the question, <clears throat> am I willing to set aside my personal agenda and busy schedule to share Christ with people? Am I willing to set aside my personal agenda and busy schedule to share Christ with people? Am I willing to make those intentional efforts to represent Christ well? Or am I content to just sit on it? And really the question is, is the internal condition of my neighbors important to me? Or was Jesus' Jesus's work on the cross enough for me, something that I take, I'm thankful for, and then I just kind of hold on to it, stop there and don't share it? But that's, that, that's a dangerous place to be. I've been given the best news in the world, the best uh, position in the world to be reconciled and given harmony and peace with God and I have that message that I can share with others and I keep it to myself. Our message of, of hope, of the gospel, of reconciliation, while simple, is not a light one. People are dying and going to hell and I pass them by. The eternal uh, condition of souls is in the balance and I do nothing about it. 
this is weighty stuff. And at first I was a bit discouraged as the Lord was revealing this to me. But then I realized, okay, just because I was like a kid in the, uh, in the outfield staring at butterflies when the baseball game was going on doesn't mean God was not in the game. God is always on the move, always working, even when we are totally out of it and totally missing what we should be doing. And so I was encouraged. I was like, okay, God is still working. God is still moving. Um, and we have evidence of that, and I can see that. So then I got excited, and I was like, okay, so I'm going to be a part of the change. I'm going to start, get in the game, so to speak. So what does this look like, uh, the getting in the game, and how does, this, how does this sort of happen? And I want to go back to our passage here, which I think just complements what the Lord was showing me. Verse 14. For the love of Christ controls us, and I believe some translations might say compels us, and I want to stop at this word control or compel and look at the Greek of, uh, definition behind it. And the Greek has a few different meanings. One is to hold together something that is falling to pieces. When this kind of evokes in my mind the imagery of uh, God is the potter and we are the clay and he's forming and shaping us. Um, and we, we need him to hold us together because clay pots are fragile. They can go from a solid clay pot to shattered earthenware pretty quickly. And um, so God is... Let's, for the love of Christ is holding us together when we're falling to pieces. That's one way we can read this verse. Another way is, uh, meaning of the word is to be pressed in from every side like a besieged city. And so I think that's just so cool because God, Christ's love is besieging us like a city. So for the love of Christ besieges us is another way to read the verse. And then finally, uh, does anybody know what a cattle squeeze is? Nope. Yeah, a few people? Okay, cool. I had no idea what a cattle squeeze was, but I learned that uh, cattle squeeze, it pushes in on every side so that the cows are stuck and can't move and the doctor or farmer can apply medication to the cow. And I was like, wow. So the love of Christ is literally holding us together so that Christ can apply the medication of his love that we need. So that love is holding us together, presses in from every side, and thus it is controlling or compelling us, which I... I think we all need so desperately because the fleshly tendency, at least for me, is to say, like, live life however you want, enjoy it, um, play sports, work out, play Fortnite, get rich, like, just enjoy life and do whatever you want, you know what I mean? Um, but I am compelled by the love of Christ because of this. The verse continues, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all. That is compelling love. Christ died for me. You got my attention right there. If someone is willing to die for me, then I am seriously compelled to follow them. And that's exactly what Christ did. And the verse continues, therefore all have died. So it's time for me, for us, to crucify our flesh, to put our flesh to death. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. As believers, we live in Christ, by Christ, and for Christ. And so, uh, verse 17 continues, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So as we die to ourselves... We become a new creation, and the Lord continues to grow us into that new creation as we seek him. So that is the why of uh, being compelled, why we're compelled, because he died for us, and so now we die to ourselves, 
Now, what do we do that we're, as we're compelled by Christ's love? And as new creations, we have this message of reconciliation to share. Verse 18 continues, all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So now, that's our job to be ministers of reconciliation, to be ambassadors that represent Christ well. So this is what I'm doing as, I, as the Lord's been showing me all this. I'm trying to be intentional, to build relationships and have gospel-oriented conversations with a few different groups of pre- people the Lord has laid on my heart. The first one is my immediate neighbors like that live just down the street from me. Um, it's, it's easy access to them. They're right down the street. I can go over any time. And I want to do things to be intentional, to build relationships with them. For example, if it's an... Uh, there's a few elderly couples, so I have opportunity there to say, hey, um, is there any way I could clean your gutters or do any yard work you need? Anything that I can do to be intentional, to build a relationship with them and have my foot in the door, so to speak, to then build a relationship and share Christ with them. Little things like that that we can do. Maybe you have a big garden and you could share your vegetables with your neighbor and share the love of Christ with them. Have somebody over for dinner. That's really getting uncomfortable. Have a neighbor over for dinner and, and just build a relationship. Um, another group that I want to target is I have a passion for playing basketball. And like I said, we can do fun things to the glory of God. And so I can go to Meek's Ballpark. That's a, a great place where people are playing basketball. I can connect with them in that way. And then build a relationship with them there and share Christ. And maybe you're really tech savvy and you could do that with technology or with mechanics or whatever your thing is, you can use it to be intentional to share Christ. And finally, where I work, what better opportunity than the people you work with on a daily basis to say, you know what, instead of having just normal work conversations, whatever those look like, and say, I'm going to be intentional to have gospel conversations with these people, to get to know them on a personal level. And this isn't, this isn't an easy thing, at least for me. Maybe it is for y'all. But for me, I find this is, it makes me uncomfortable. Um, I can talk sports all you want. I can talk political science all you want. I can, with someone who has no idea what any, either of those things are, I could explain it to them and have an easy conversation. But my natural tendency is not to just say, you know what, I just really want to pray for this person or I really want to share the gospel with this person. When the Holy Spirit tells me to do those things, I'm like shaking in my seat like, oh God, really right now? Like, oh. Um, But for real, like I'm having to grow in that area. And what I've realized is when we become uncomfortable, it makes us aware of our desperate dependency on Christ. We depend on God for everything, uh, whether we move, life, breath, like whatever we do is done through God. But being uncomfortable really makes us aware of that dependency on Christ. And when we are uncomfortable, that's exactly where God wants us to be because in our weakness, Christ is strong. Paul says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And a perfect example of this is a couple weeks ago, I was um, with a guy at work and we were closing And so I was just talking to him and getting to know him. I was like, I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to get to know this guy on a personal level. Um, And I've worked with him for a long time. And so I just was like, I'm going to start asking about his family, some basic intro questions. And then after a while, as the um, conversation went into the spiritual realm and why he doesn't attend church and he's 
even though he knows the truth of the gospel, why he's not living for God. After a while, I kind of ran out of what to say. I was like, God, I don't know what to say next. But that just in those moments, when I was weak, when I was uncomfortable, didn't know what to say, God was so faithful. And he, every time, without fail, I'd be like, God, I need your help, don't know what to say next. And he would bring something to my mind, just like that. And I believe that when we are being obedient to God, even if it makes us really, even if it's really hard or uncomfortable, that's when he shows up in the most powerful ways in our lives. All right, so 2 Peter 1.3 is like a confirmation of this. For his divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. The divine power of God gives us everything we need to live a godly life, to share Christ with others, to be intentional. Um, So my encouragement and challenge for everyone here this morning is to ask the Lord, Lord, like, who is my neighbor that you would have me to reach out to? Is it literally my neighbors that live down the street? Or maybe it's, there's a certain group at work I can target. Or maybe it's, you know what? When I go into Walmart today, instead of going in and going to the self-checkout register so that I literally have to talk to nobody and I can do this quickly, to say, actually, I'm gonna take some time and I'm going to be intentional to share Christ with someone. I'm gonna go through the cash register line so that I can ask the person if I can pray for them. Or I'm gonna stop and help this person put their groceries in their car to show them the heart of a servant and to show them the love of Christ. Or maybe it's like the Lord just really impresses on you and you share the gospel with somebody. Being intentional in every situation to share Christ. So ask the Lord, who is my neighbor? Who would you have me to share with intentionally? And then also being intentional to look for opportunities in every moment just to represent Christ well, remembering that I am always an ambassador for Christ. And I'm representing him whether or not it's in a good way. So I think if we seriously search ourselves, our time and our priorities, that we can find ways to be intentional, to represent Christ well, to step out of our comfort zones, That's my challenge for us today, that every one of us would make an intentional effort in the coming days to step out of our comfort zones, to go somewhere where we are uncomfortable in obedience to God, knowing that he will come through for us. And I want to just kind of wrap up with some of the opening thoughts I said at the beginning. For our sake, Christ became sin so that we can become the righteousness of God. In light of that beautiful truth, We no longer live for ourselves, but we live for Christ. And as we live for Christ, we are ambassadors on his behalf, and we bring the message of reconciliation with us everywhere we go. Looking back at verses 20 and 21, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for today. Thank you for this message you've given me, for what you've been showing me and challenging me with, and that uh, now we can be unified in this together as a congregation, Lord. And I pray that even now you'd be impressing different groups and different people on our hearts that we could share you with that we can be intentional representatives of you and your love in our lives. Recognizing that wherever we go, we're representing you, whether it's in a good or bad light. Continue to challenge us and take us deeper, Lord, 
And just anything that it was said that was not from me, Lord, let us forget. And everything that was said that honors and glorifies you, Lord, let it uh, just challenge us and take us deeper in our walk with you. We just pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.